Welcome to Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. A look at the changing risk and resilience landscape with insights on the challenges facing businesses today and tomorrow. Hi, everybody. This is Renee Koa with Zurich North America. We're excited. The Zurich Classic of New Orleans returns to TPC Louisiana showcasing world-class golfers in a distinctive tournament that rewards excellence, but also collaboration, two essential qualities for success on and off the golf course. We are so pleased to have Zurich Golf Ambassador Justin Rose join us to talk about this unique tournament and its two-man team format, how he navigates risk and how these lessons can translate to the business world, and we'll have a little fun too. Justin is a 10-time PGA Tour winner, 2015 winner of the Zurich Classic, and gold medalist for Great Britain at the 2016 Olympics. He'll be teaming up with Henrik Stenson to compete at this year's Zurich Classic. Justin, thanks so much for joining us. What's the one thing you're most looking forward to at this year's Zurich Classic? Oh yeah, it's always a thrill to get back to the Zurich Classic, and obviously with a year hiatus there, um, you know, it's even more excited really. I, I, you know, in some ways it's just the hospitality. The, the event just feels different, and I think that's both down to Zurich and uh, all of its guests and um, you know brokers and agents that I've got to know through the years, and so many familiar faces for me at the Zurich Classic. But obviously also you know the town of New Orleans as well. Um, just a just a wonderful town, so unique in its feel and. Um, you know, it always welcomes a good time on and off the golf course. So, you know, to, yeah, to one word, really hospitality of the tournament, I think is what I'm most looking forward to. You know, because this podcast is focusing on managing risk for businesses, I wanted to zero in on how that resonates with the team play format at the Classic. When you choose a partner, you're basically deciding who you're going to be doing business with. What factors into that decision for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of factors factors into that decision, and I think the first risk that you face really is your decision on uh, who you're going to, you know, uh, walk to the first tee with, and like you say, who you're going to do business with. And you can never really control the outcome. I think on the golf course, or or in life, or in business, but I think you can kind of try to control the process at least. And you know, for me, I, you know, I think choosing your partner is going to be someone that I think that there has to be some type of camaraderie, um, some type of you know, mutual kind of respect there as well. So, uh, you know, for me, Henrik and I have known each other a long, long time. Our families have known each other a long, long time. I feel like it's a situation that no matter what happens result-wise, I feel like it's going to be a good week. I feel like we can always walk away with our heads held high knowing that we're going to have given it 100%. That's really, really important to me is the fact that, like I said, when you can't control the outcome, um, you know, you, you, but you can control your effort. You know, some decisions are in your control, some variables are in your control, and some are some are not. So I, I just feel like with Henrik, he's very process driven, as am I. And um, you know, that way, there'll be no regrets at the end of the week, I suppose. Is there one specific quality that overrides any others for you when you're working with a colleague on or off the golf course? As I think about my team in general, I, the one thing that I really value the most and one thing that I've had so much in my team is loyalty. Right? Loyalty is earned and I think it comes both ways. It's sort of, um, it's how an, an employer treats the employee and it's also 
um, the employee's commitment to the bigger plan and the bigger picture. And I think that, that that's really important. You get everybody on the same page and everybody motivated to, to work towards the bigger goal. Um, I think that becomes a very powerful dynamic. So for me, I'd say loyalty is that one thing that it's hard to, you know, it's hard, you can't buy it really. Um, you have to earn it and uh, it cultivate it over time. But you know, once you have it, I think it's uh, it's a really powerful thing. Now with team play, you're both responsible for the other golfer's success. And that too is sort of like a work setting with colleagues. Does this change how you navigate risk and the decisions you will be making on the golf course? It's interesting. I think that, you know, a, a really good relationship is one where you feel like you still have the freedom to be able to let your talent come through, that you're not being hamstrung, that you're not worried about making a mistake, that you're not scared about what the boss will think. Um, and I think that that's kind of a healthy environment. So, you know, when it comes to playing golf on the golf course with my partner, you want to have that environment where you feel like if you if you mess up or if you hit a bad shot, you don't have to apologize. You don't have to say sorry. But there's that commitment to 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 the, to the task and that you know you're both on the same page, giving it 100%. Therefore, you know obviously mistakes happen, and I think when there's that sort of commitment, um, you can move past a mistake much quicker. But yeah, just having that environment where you're free to to take a, you know, at times a little bit of risk to be great. You have to take a touch of risk at times. I mean, it needs to be well calculated, well thought through, but you know, and the whole thing is if you do have that tough shot over water, that is a slightly risky shot, but it could be the difference between winning and losing. You've got to have trust in your partner. And I think your partner has to have the feeling of freedom that if it comes off great, but if it doesn't come off, he's not going to be blamed for it. So I was going to ask you what's more important, trust or patience with him or with yourself, but you already mentioned trust. So I would say the most important thing I think in your partner is trust. And the most important thing with yourself is patience. Um, you know, I think inherently we, we, we trust our own ability to be good at something, but I think we often want it quicker than, uh, than than what's realistic. Um, so like if I'm playing the Zero Classic, obviously, and uh, you know, I'm thinking about my partner, I'm going to trust him to to pick his club, to to trust his own game, to to do what he thinks is right. And then when I'm playing my own shots, I'm going to have the patience with myself to to sort of not give myself a hard time. For example, if if it doesn't come off, and just just to keep kind of running my process out there. What about mistakes? You you alluded to them before. We all make them you're where you're at in your profession because you've turned them to your advantage. So I wondered, do you have any advice for the rest of us? Yeah. I mean, there's so many wonderful cliches about, you know, making mistakes, you know, it's only a mistake if you fail to learn from it or there's no failure, there's any feedback. And, you know, these are obviously great lessons and um, they're ones that I try to teach my 12 year old and my nine year old. So you want people to, to sort of have the freedom to go out there and push the boundary. Um, you know, I often talk about balance. You know, people always talk about balance in life, and but nothing really exciting happens if you're balanced. It's all about kind of learning to counterbalance. You know, you kind of have to push towards the edge to to see what you're capable of, and then once you've kind of maybe gone a little bit too far, then you kind of come back to center to rebalance. Therefore, you know, in terms of making mistakes, I think you only really make mistakes once you start pushing yourself. If you only ever totally operate within your comfort zone, that's great. You're going to be a safe pair of hands, but are you going to be your best? So 
um, you know, I, that's that's where I would encourage people to make mistakes is because honestly, that's where the learning is, and uh, that's how you kind of get feedback really on, on on what you need to do to improve. So my next question is that it feels like there's so much at stake: the rankings, the money, it's your livelihood. So when I'm watching you on television, it just looks like there's so much pressure. And I wondered how important it is to have fun. And is it something you have to remind yourself to do? Or is it irrelevant because it is your business? That is a great question. I think it probably brings everything into sharp focus. And it probably is the difference between when you're really performing at your best and when you're not. When you're not your best, you're being sidelined by the pressure. You're being sidelined by what it means and by the points and the rankings. And when you're playing your best golf, it's about the golf shot. It's about you the ball and the shot in front of you and enjoying that, enjoying the challenge, playing with a curiosity rather than a sort of a, an expectation. And I, the more I can remind myself to play like my 12 year old self, the better I generally am. And the more that I strip back thoughts, the better I begin to play rather than adding thoughts. And, uh, you know, so it, it, that's a, it's, it's such a delicate balance really, to be honest with you, but it's, it's also the environment and the pressure that, does focus the mind um and i think that's what i've had to learn through my career just because i feel nervous doesn't mean i'm gonna hit a bad shot and i think so often that when we feel nervous we just we sort of attribute it to, to sort of failure and maybe not being able to do what we're good at but honestly i've learned to harness that feeling and that for example rider cups and big situations that's often where you're forced. It's like a survival instinct almost. That's where you're forced to sink or swim. But that's often when your best golf comes out is when you're, when you're challenged uh, to the max. And, and boy, those are great insights for anyone in any endeavor. So thanks for that. Yeah, um, you've got you to sort of welcome feeling uncomfortable, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, Justin, I wanted to talk about the Rose Lady series you co-sponsored last summer in England. Just to recap and correct me if I have any of this wrong, the pandemic canceled a lot of events on the Ladies European Tour last summer. You, with your wife Kate and golfer Liz Young, organized a string of tournaments in England to fill the gap, and you put up a substantial amount of your own money. Could you talk about the impetus behind this? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much the crux of it for sure. But um, yeah, obviously this time last year, we, we sort of we faced the first lockdown and there was a lot of uncertainty about how the world was going to look. And, you know, I kind of felt that the, the PGA Tour did a great job of getting us back to work very quickly. And golf is one of the first, you know, sports back in the States. And with that, um, I was about to leave for my first tournament and I thought, oh, this is great. You know, golf's back. And I sort of started to look around at the industry as a whole. And it was really only the PGA Tour that was back. There were many, many other professional you know, leagues and what have you within the game of golf that, that weren't going back and whose schedules had been decimated. Sponsors had walked away because they weren't sure about their financial future. So it kind of made me feel like the top of the game was okay, but everything else was, was not. And um, I felt like nothing had been impacted more than the Ladies European Tour. And it also made me realize that you know, the goals and the dreams are the same. You know, I, since I've been a little boy, I've dreamed about winning major championships. And I'm sure there's many little girls who have dreamed about winning major championships. So the dreams are the same, but the opportunities weren't. And I kind of felt like that was important. And yeah, you say a significant amount of money. I mean, it, you know, it still is. The ladies weren't playing for a lot of money, but we all talked about at the time going back to work, you know, getting everybody back to work. 
And it's not like it's an industry where you can just turn your computer back on and you're ready to go back to work. You know, any professional sport is a, is a skill set. And that skill set needs to be nurtured day in, day out. So the whole you know, reason behind Rose Ladies Series was just to give the ladies uh, an opportunity to play regularly with a scorecard in their hand. So when the big events did come back later in the summer, they would be ready to play. They'd have had something to gear up towards. And I think the other thing that we were proud of with it is that some golf courses, for example, you know, Royal St. George's that was going to host the Open Championship and Wentworth West Course, venues that haven't hosted ladies' events in the past, you know, they stepped up to the plate and also moved forward as well in order to host these events. And I thought that that was just as important. And the other thing is uh, not just creating opportunity for ladies to play, but also to start telling the great stories that are out there on the ladies' European tour. So therefore, fans can begin to to really identify with the players and, and therefore, you know, support them week in, week out. Well, it was really inspiring to read about. And as a woman, I want to thank you for that. Um, what what was the biggest benefit you re, you felt you received by, by doing this? Um, just really, I guess, stepping up to, to the plate in, in, and, and finding a, an area of the game that really did need support and did need help. And I think also you know, what I was thankful for was the uptake on it because, you know, with the best will in the world, and I know there's a lot of golf tournaments being run around the world, those golf tournaments are only ever as good as the players that turn up to play in them. And I think that's what I give a lot of the ladies credit for. You know, we, yeah, we put up a series for them to play, but they really took the opportunity. And I think that, that that's kind of what made me feel the best about it, that, that, that the opportunity was needed, but it was well supported. And I give the ladies a ton of credit for that. Okay, you're almost off the hook, but now it's time for the lightning round. Just answer <laughs> right, as quickly. <laughs> okay, answer as quickly as you can, and feel free to elaborate on any of your answers or not. Okay, let's get started. Let's Which it. would you rather deal with, bunker or rough? Bunker for sure. Windmill or waterfall? Ooh, a windmill. Every every perfect nine-hole golf course, putt-putt course needs a windmill. <laughs> How many career holes in one have you had? I have had 11, actually. I think. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore? Uh, probably Happy Gilmore. is the one I've watched most recently, uh, despite the bad language. My kids seem to love watching that movie. And, uh, yeah, so that means I've kind of gravitated towards it, too. So now let's talk New Orleans. Beignet or king cake? Oh, definitely beignet. Um, I actually had the, the great and you know huge honor of actually being at Cafe du Monde making beignets in the back one time about 10, 15 years ago, PJ Tour production. So um, it has to be the beignet. And finally, one word to describe the Zurich Classic. Unique. This has been fantastic, Justin. Thanks so much for joining us and sharing Thank your Thank you, Renee. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you left a comment or review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let us know what you think at media at zurichna.com and join us next week.
The information in this audio recording was compiled from sources believed to be reliable for general information purposes and is intended for Zurich clients and business partners. The information contained here may be useful to you or your enterprise when developing your own policies and procedures. The policies and procedures applicable to your enterprise should take into account the specific circumstances of your business and business environment, which is beyond the capacity of this podcast. Any and all information provided is not intended to constitute advice of any nature and is specifically not legal advice, and accordingly, you should consult with your own legal counsel. We do not guarantee the accuracy of this information presented or any results and further assume no liability in connection with this recording and the information provided therein. Moreover, Zurich reminds you that the information provided cannot be assumed to contain every acceptable safety and compliance procedure or that additional procedures might not be appropriate under the circumstances. The subject matter of this recording is not tied to any specific insurance product, nor will adopting these policies and procedures ensure coverage under any insurance policy. We encourage listeners to seek additional information from credible sources. Thank you.